I, I was raised in church. And although I've heard people preach on the text, I've not heard them deal specifically with what the Lord is speaking to me about. In the passage of Scripture, Peter writes, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. I mean, that's like... What if you run into someone at Walmart and you're talking to them and they're telling you you're having a problem and you look at them and say, listen, you just need to gird up the loins of your mind. They're going to look at you like you have lost your marbles. What does it mean, gird up the loins of your mind? It means prepare your mind for action. Gird, that word gird in the Greek is a military term. Roman soldiers would wear long garments. Their, their armor, remember when you studied the, put on the whole armor of God? They had a belt that held everything together. When they would get ready to prepare for war, they would take those long garments and they would tuck them in their belt preparing for battle. That is the imagery Peter uses. Remember, Peter is um, he's not in the best of circumstances when he's writing this, this book. And he knows that perhaps he's already been told by Jesus he's going to die. And he looks at the people and he tells them, Gird up the loins of your mind. Prepare your minds for action. Why? Well, listen to me, church. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Please watch this. We're only going to be in one verse today because it's so significant. It's so proud, but yet simple. And Peter's argument is this. You and I are saved. We are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. We're not the same as we were before we got saved. We have been changed. And so he begins verse 13, Therefore, therefore points back to the previous subject, which we talked about last week, was our eternal salvation. Because you and I are saved, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Salvation changed everything. But many a times we fail to live out that reality in our minds. Listen to me. Charles Stanley said, Our minds are Satan's battleground. He cannot have your heart if Jesus has your heart. So what does he go after next? He goes after our minds. And he's very good at what he does. He controls us through fear. Does anyone ever hear ever fear anything? Always cracks me up to hear teenage boys, I ain't afraid of nothing. Yeah, whatever. That's, that's, a, that's a farce right there. We know that's not for sure. Has anyone ever been controlled by fear? I didn't know this, but I'm, I'm learning these things as we go and... I guess I'm an old soul and not as young, I guess not as old as my soul is pertaining to things of the world. And I found out what FOMO was. Now all you younger people are like, preacher said FOMO. And, and the old people are like, is he talking about foaming at the mouth or what? FOMO means fear of missing out. This is a, this is a real thing, fear of missing out. So many people are so hooked on their telephones, they can't be so far away from their phones because they are fear of missing out. 
hours of um, endless, mindless perusing through social media and, and uh, I don't watch it, but they watch TikToks and stuff like that and it, we do it all day long because we're afraid we're going to miss something out. We're going, we fear. And then there are those of us who fear something's going to happen. Have you ever talked to someone and you say, hey, listen, I've got this opportunity and then they start laying out all the objections to that opportunity. Well, now listen, if you're going to do this, Aaron, you've got you to watch out for this, and you've got to watch out for that, and you've got to watch out for this. They're always afraid something is going to happen. We are controlled by our fear. Some are controlled by doubt. Doubt. Constantly in our lives, we're being bombarded by doubt, feelings of doubt. Could salvation really be that simple? Am I really saved? I, just, I had this thought could I really be saved and have this thought? I just accidentally said this and I didn't mean to say it. And could I really be? And people struggle with that. There are denominations who, who will try to convince someone if you're doubting, then you must not have it, so you need to get saved again. Some people are controlled by regret. They look back on their life and they live a life of regret and that regret controls them and it shapes what they do today. Some people guilt Others by shame. Some people are controlled by their perceived inabilities. I've never, I can't do that. You've never tried. How do you know that you can't do that? And then some are controlled by pain. Now listen to me, church. Please hear me out. These attacks are all by the design of Satan. His purpose is to keep our minds confused. Why? He wants us to forget that we are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Who is? Well, the devil is. And Satan wants our minds confused. That's why most churches don't split over real splittable things. They split over color of carpet. They split over just two people don't like each other and personalities and things like that. Satan wants us confused. He wants us to forget about our salvation. He wants us to forget our power to overcome. Isn't it what the Bible says? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But here's the thing. The Bible tells us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We don't want to resist the devil. We want to fight with him. All you got to do is say no and mean it. Just say, no, I'm not going there, devil. So if we're ever going to live out the reality of our redemption, we're going to have to prepare our minds for action. And that's why Peter looks at the people to whom he's writing and he says, listen, before I get off on this long, exhaustive study of how you should conduct yourself as a believer in Jesus Christ, the first thing you need to realize is that you are redeemed and let that redemption come and affect every area of your life, including your mind. Your mind. But there's a problem. There's a big problem, church. And what is the problem? The problem is our minds are being bombarded with the old nature stuff. The average person... The average person... Two to one puts more old nature stuff into their mind 
than new, new nature stuff. We could take a survey and I could prove it in this church right now. I would say overwhelmingly the majority of us spend more time on a screen than we do in the Bible, whether it be a computer screen or a television screen. Years ago it used to be the, uh, the uh, TV guide, but now it's not. Two to one. We put that garbage in, garbage out. How many remember that when we were kids? Garbage in, garbage out. And we fill our minds with this stuff and we're being bombarded with old nature stuff and we wonder why we struggle to live the new life in our minds. Listen, our minds are being corrupted by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Our mind is still part of our flesh. And we have those cravings by design, uh, by fall, not by design, but by fall. And the old nature, and so what do we do? We feed the old nature, social media, news, television, music. Um, as a parent, I wanted to introduce to my son good music. I wanted him to hear what good music was like. So I plugged in my phone and pulled up Apple Music and picked out a couple of songs. And we're listening, and as I, the song's going, I'm like, whoop, whoop, skip, skip, skip. When I was a kid, I didn't pay attention to the words to the song. Has anybody else had that? Whoops, oops. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we wonder... Why we struggle in our minds when we put that garbage in. You don't know it, but we watch television programs and we're being programmed in our minds subtly that marriage doesn't matter. That the one you're with is really not the one that you were uh, destined to be with. And you've just found this one. It happens in all the shows ever so subtly. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself rooting for the guy in the flannel shirt. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I got a message that they're working on a new plot. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to go over there. I don't want to take away from it. But my point is this. We're ever so subtly being moved away from the truth of reality. And it's subtle. And guys, listen to me. We're struggling. We're struggling because we're bombarding ourselves. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm staring wide awake. And what's on the television's on. And so what do I do? I sit there and watch television. And then the Holy Spirit says, what are you preaching tomorrow? You're preaching about your mind, aren't you? And about garbage in and garbage out, and you're watching garbage. And I was convicted, man. I was convicted. So I got out my earbud, put it in, went to the Psalms, and was listening to the Psalms read the Bible. And before long, my spirit was calmed, and I was resting in the power and the presence of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a tough thing. What I am talking to you about is a, is a real issue in our lives. And the problem is, Peter hits the nail on the head. We are redeemed. We are saved. We're new creations. Now we have to put our minds into action. We've got to prepare our minds for battle. I love it. Saturday afternoons in the fall. I love when in the hallway the smoke starts rising 
And out of the smoke comes the Buckeyes. And they're rocking back and forth. And they're preparing their minds for battle. You don't talk about, don't you, Brother Mark Arms? Wearing that shirt here in church. I'm just saying. He's got that shirt up north on. Actually, I'm changing it. It doesn't stand for Michigan. It stands for Mark. That's... But they prepare their minds. They hype up with the music. And man, they explode. And they come running out of the smoke. And the stands are going wild. And it's crazy. It's an atmosphere. If you've never been there, you need to go. And it's, it's, it's electric. And they're preparing their minds for battle. We come to church. Christ alone. Cornerstone. We're not prepared for battle. We're prepared for the buffet. That's the truth. What we have to change our minds, guys. And this is not the power of positive thinking, because you're going to see there's more to it than this. It involves the Holy Spirit. But it also involves something that we do. And so if we're going to, if we're going to prepare our minds for action, how, how, are we, how are we going to do this? How can we do this? Does anybody else ever have an issue with your mind wandering? I mean, it wonders what in the world I'm doing all the time. But it also wanders. And I started thinking about this. Is, this, is. is Peter trying to tell us that we need to just take control of our minds and we've got to be the boss of our minds? That's, that's not what he's saying at all. Because he says this. Notice what he says. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Yeah, I got that. I, ain't, I don't drink. I can be sober. That's not what it means. Sober-minded means to be calm in spirit. To be calm in spirit. Now let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever, and don't raise your hand, if you've ever dealt with anxiety, you know that anxiety begins right here. And you want to control it, but you can't. And the thoughts take you down roads you don't want to go down. And it stirs your spirit up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Has anyone ever had your mind stir your spirit up? You start worrying about all these things that could happen. Has anyone ever had a call on Friday that you had tests at the doctor and they call you on Friday and you didn't get to your phone in time and you call them back and you get the answer machine and they say, we'll be back Monday and you have to worry about those tests all weekend? Sure you do. And your mind starts running and it starts racing and you start thinking and you start, you start getting anxious inside. This word, when he says be sober-minded, it means to calm our spirits. It also means it has the idea of exercising, exercising self-control. And you say, well, I have no self-control. I, I, I get it. We all think we have self-control, but we don't. We have self-control in certain issues, certain things that don't apply to me or don't really matter to me. But the idea here of being sober-minded is allowing the Holy Spirit to control our minds. Do you know what a drunk person does? Whatever the alcohol forces him to do. The alcohol takes over the mind of the person. Someone who is drunk, you say, man, that person's drunk. They're clearly not in what? Control. That's what happens. And a sober person is opposite of that 
drunk person. They're in control. But they're not in control in and of themselves. To be sober-minded means our minds are calm in the Spirit, and this only happens when the Holy Spirit controls our minds. How does that happen? Well, watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says this, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Taking every thought captive simply means gaining control over what you think about yourself and life. Proverbs says this, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now that's not saying I think I'm uh, 6 foot 3 and 180 pounds. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about your life, your thought life, and your spiritual life. And bringing those thoughts under the captivity, the control of the Holy Spirit. Now, how am I going to do this? Well, first of all, I have to be honest and confess the thoughts that do not line up with new creation living. In other words, I have to think the thoughts that are going through my mind, does it line up with with what the Scripture says? And these thoughts are detrimental to me. These thoughts are going to cause my spirit not to be calm. These thoughts are going to lead me astray. These thoughts are going to cause me to say something I shouldn't say. These thoughts are going to cause me to do something I shouldn't do. So what do I do? I need to confess, Lord, I'm struggling here in my mind. Secondly, I've got to ask God for help. I remember hearing Chuck Swindoll, one of my favorite preachers. He was preaching on worry one time, and he said, I worry. And he said, I pray. And he said, many times, no sooner than I say amen from praying, I began to worry again. And he said, so I prayed again. And he said, then I would worry again. And then I would pray again. And he said, if I just kept that process going, at some point, I would be praying more than I would be worrying. What we want is a genie. We have a thought, we want to one time and say, okay, God, I'm sorry, forgive me of this, don't let me think it anymore, and we never have to deal with it again. That's a wish, that's a genie. We've got to learn to bring those into submission under the Holy Spirit. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. This is not kingdom thinking. This is not the thinking I should be thinking. These thoughts of fear, these thoughts of anxiety, these thoughts of all these things I'm having, these are not from the Holy Spirit. And I have to bring them under subjection to the Holy Spirit. So the first thing I have to do is I have to be sober-minded. I have to be bringing my thoughts clearly under the subjection of the Holy Spirit and the cap- taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is how I feel, but this is what the Word of God says. I'm going with the Word of God. That's what it means to be sober-minded. It's a calming. Number two, put all your hope in on your salvation. Verse 13, therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You have to go all in. You have to push all of the chips to the middle of the table. You have to take your identity, push it to the middle of the table. You have to take your past 
and those issues you struggled with in the past and push them in. You have to go all in with everything with Jesus. All in. See, too many Christians want one world, one foot in the world and one foot in Christianity. I want to be here with this, but I want to go to heaven. But may I remind you, if you go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 and following, you will find that this is how Jesus Christ went to the cross. Now watch this, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has, all, has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on the earth, and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ, is not a matter of willpower. Now, please listen to me. If you don't get anything, get this. Please hear me. Because this is, this is the message. Preparing your mind is a matter of total surrender. It's not a matter, it's not a matter of your willpower. Because I will tell you, your willpower is not that strong. My willpower is not that strong. When it comes to preparing our mind for battle, it's a matter of total surrender. Let me ask you a question. When Jesus Christ was in the garden and prayed three times, let this cup pass by me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He was surrendering his mind to the will of the Father. Was it physical when he prayed in the garden? No, it was spiritual. The battle was in his mind. It manifested itself in great drops of blood. But it was the mind of Christ that we are exhorted to have the same mind that brought him to surrendering even the death, the death on the cross. The battle was his mind. Let this cup pass by me. You say he was God. Yes, but he was fully man. And every ounce of fully human man he had in him was begging, let this cup pass by me. But the Spirit, not my will, but thy will. It's the same battle you and I will have. You and I are not uh, going to have to die on the cross for someone. But every time we have a battle going in our mind, we can go back to the cross. And we can remember at the cross we were redeemed because we believe in Jesus Christ. And so therefore I can, with the power of the Holy Spirit, calm my spirit and bring my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ if I surrender them to Jesus. But as J. Vernon McGee so eloquently said... The problem with living sacrifices is they like to crawl off the altar. Many a time we will surrender something to God and we will pick it right back up 
we'll pick it right back up. Some of us today need to go back to the cross. We need to go back and remember that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Everything about us should be new, including our thinking. I remember growing up, I used to hear phrases like this, stinking thinking lives to stinking living. Leads to stinking living. Christ has redeemed us. He's died on the cross and we can have new minds and we need to live in that reality and bring our thoughts captive to Christ. It is not the power of a positive mind. It's the power of surrendering to the God who created heaven and earth and created you. It's a matter of surrendering to the God who can change everything. So when Peter says, prepare your minds for action, he's telling them to go back to the cross and remember what Jesus Christ did for you because if it were not for the gospel, you could do nothing. You could, go, you could not go to heaven. You could not teach Sunday school. You could not be sanctified. You could not... The, the gospel's everything. And it's more than a one-time event where you came and repented and got saved. It, it's, 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 it's the start of everlasting life. And it's the start of us walking in the newness of life. Yet Satan wants us divided. He wants us confused in our mind. He wants our minds saying that we can't live out this reality. I'm scared to death. I'm afraid if I do this and surrender it to God, then God's going to make me like Job. All these thoughts that we have is far from sober-minded, from a calm spirit, from bringing them under the captivity to Christ and subjection and submission to the Lord. It's playing out the devil's game. So I would ask you this. Do you have the mind of Christ? Are you willing... When the times come and our thought life is running rampant and our thought life is leading us down a road that we don't want to go, are you willing to confess and repent and bring that under the submission of Jesus Christ? Because that's the only way we can prepare our minds for action. If you study any of the wars the United States has been through, We've trained soldiers for every war. But there's one thing they could not train them for. There's different than shooting a weapon at a target and shooting a weapon at a living human being. The mind can't be prepared for an enemy who would strap a bomb to a woman or a baby and send them in the midst of American soldiers. But let me tell you, that's the same kind of havoc the devil wreaks in the life of believers. He has no lengths 
to the depths that He will go to destroy you. And only bringing those thoughts under subjection to the Lord Jesus Christ and surrendering to Him your mind will you be prepared for the coming battle. If you're here and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ for your eternal salvation, if He's not your Lord and Savior, you can be saved today. You can be saved today. Listen, the Bible teaches us that we are all sinners. We were born with a sin nature. And because we were born with a sin nature, we're all sinners. Sinners sin because they're sinners. You're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. And the Bible also teaches us that the punishment for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And that wage will never go unpaid. Either you will pay it with your soul in hell or you can let Jesus and what He did on the cross of Calvary pay it for you. The Bible teaches us that God demonstrated His love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, I'm willing to die for you on the cross. I'm willing to step in your place and die your death because of your sin because I love you. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love was the motivation. So Jesus died in our place. He was buried and He arose from the grave. And the Bible says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. It's a matter of faith. You can't do anything. You can only come by way of repentance and faith. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, Right where you are today, you can admit your sin. You can turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin, to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior, and He will. Believer, if you're here and you struggle, like I struggle and everyone else struggles, with sometimes our minds, let's stop filling it up with old nature stuff. Let's bring our minds under the captivity of the obedience of Jesus Christ. Let's surrender it. Surrender it to Him and see the good things He'll do for us. Prepare your minds for action. The days that we're living in are going to become more and more difficult. And I will tell you this, it is no secret to God that you're here. He knew before the foundation of the earth you would be here in these perilous times and He will get us through. But you can't follow Satan in your mind and Jesus in your heart. You need to bring your mind under subjection, under submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me?